powers of the world. But if it was wedded, it has very often been widowed. It is a strangely immortal sort of widow. Sometimes, of course, it clung too long to what it had worn as a new set of up-to-date garments. The recovery of Aristotle was a fresh and challenging thing when Albert the Great and Thomas Aquinas led it, but it became an unnecessary encumbrance when Rome thought it something too good to let go of. The Latin tongue looked for a long time like a universal language, spreading opportunities for communication, till it became an outmoded thing trammeled in its own particularities. The Irish practice of private confession introduced a deeper kind of spirituality for monastic specialists, till its broader use for everyone, including children, made it commonplace and subject to abuse. The church outlasted things that seemed to undermine it, not because it was unaffected by these transitory things, but because it joined them, drew on other sources, and lived to adopt different new things. Instead of reading history backward from its current form to a fictive immutability in the past, Chesterton led me to read history forward— from the early evidences and from the different guises the Church had to adopt in order to survive. That is not only a more interesting story, but an exciting one, of narrow escapes and improbable swerves. It calls to mind Buster Keaton's Seven Chances, 1925, in which Buster runs full speed down a sloping mountainside pursued by a giant landslide of boulders, dodging some, leaping over others, maneuvering through repeated impasses, caught by a smaller rock that knocks him out of the path of a bigger one, ducking into cover that itself gives way. And then, toward the bottom of the mountain, an even greater menace forces him to run back up through the continuing rain of rocks. Going back to read the church's story as it happened was called ressourcement, resourcing, in the 1940s and 1950s, when Pius XI and Pius XII silenced its practitioners. The only way to look back, for those popes, was to reaffirm what always was in the Church, not to find anything new there. There can be no history at all for those who just retroject the present into the past. But Pope Francis champions ressourcement, as he told his fellow Jesuits at America Magazine. Newman's concept of doctrinal development breathes through that interview. The joint effort of reflection with the Orthodox Church, looking at how the Church was governed in the early centuries before the breakup between East and West, will bear fruit. St. Vincent of Léron makes a comparison between the biological development of man and the transmission from one era to another of the deposit of faith, which grows and is strengthened with time. Here, human self-understanding changes with time, and so also human consciousness deepens. The suppression of the resourcers is an old story with the Church. Yesterday's heretic becomes today's authority, and vice versa. I want to trace in this book how change, far from being the enemy of Catholicism, is its means of respiration— its way of breathing in and breathing out. Even before Pope Francis, the Second Vatican Council had found in the Church's sources that the Church did not always mean what some of its defenders insist that it must mean.
Their meaning is implicit in usages like the church teaches or you must obey the church. For some, the church is the Vatican, the papacy, the magisterium, the church's teaching authority. But that apparatus was not there at the beginning. Another usage of church was older, broader, and better attested in the sources. Vatican II returned to that meaning when it proclaimed that the church is the people of God. This people includes all those who believe in, follow, and love Jesus. This people first organized itself under the guidance of the Spirit imparted to it at Pentecost. It chose its own leaders. It tested authority. It rejected attempts to dictate to it from above. It had various leaders playing them off against each other, James in Jerusalem, Peter in Antioch, Paul in Corinth. Its councils voted on doctrine through representatives, bishops, who were themselves.